Welcome to episode five. If I tell you what, we've got five episodes. That means five more episodes till season one is done. And we are back once again with David Wiedemeyer. We got to come up with a, a cool catchphrase for us. I'm thinking Frank and Wiener. No, what? No, what? No, I do that. We're not going to do that. Why not? Crazy. You're crazy. But, uh, You're crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on again, man. I know uh, <coughs> you tried to make it work times last week, and uh, the, the schedule just didn't work out. But uh, it's been pretty hectic here. For sure. But uh, I'm glad I was able to pick them off for a few, man. Yeah. Same. Um, I believe we were uh, we were talking about cosmic entities and capturing the imagination before. And uh, we were just about to hit on a very popular topic even to this day and time, but we got crunched for time, so we're gonna pick right back up on that. And that topic is simply this right here. Do we live on a spherical object or not? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I wanna believe but there are so many things that I've seen that have what appear to be uh, quite a large amount of, of proof that we don't. Right. Um, you know, even from you know ancient maps, thousands of years old, that we have discovered that have the lands that we live in in, in a center part of the map. Right. And this huge wall around it with lanes outside of it. I mean, back then, that was the age of travel and exploration, right? Um, where nobody knew what was beyond where they were unless they went and explored. So I tend to feel like, you know, you look at some of these maps that are, that are just thousands of years old, and you say to yourself, the center part of the map has a tremendous amount of accuracy. The continents that we live on now, that we know, America and Europe and Asia, uh, Africa, North America, mm-hmm. um, they're pretty accurate even on those. And then you see these other depictions of you know the this huge boundary area in a circular pattern, and then these lands outside of them um and you think to yourself well why would they put so much effort into making the middle part of this map highly highly accurate and then just do total nonsense made up stuff around the edge um so i think to myself these map makers thousands of years ago were doing this to project history and to spread their knowledge of the lands that they've discovered, um, why would they paint any type of inaccuracy if they knew that people were going to use these maps for further exploration and travel? You do present So that's one of the things I was looking at just a couple days ago, and I'm thinking you got like 30 different landmasks around this huge barrier, which appears to be what we consider, you know, Antarctica. <laughs> uh, and and inside you see 
see all the continents we know today, and why would they be accurate? But everything outside of it, a total misrepresentation of what is not even me, you know. So interesting. I was uh, looking into indoctrination uh, recently, and what is it, the Mandela effect, and like. I was just like, is a lot of what we believe taught to us or are we indoctrinated indoctrinated into believing certain things and then over time, we it's not that we're learning, we're forgetting what really is. So, um, I've read a lot about the Mandela effect and you know, there's a lot of controversy with it. And, you know, playing off of the Mandela effect and what we're talking about against this theory of, you know, a flat earth. Um, there's really a fine line of what represents your beliefs because, um, you know, the flat earth theory is one thing, but the Mandela effect is a completely other rabbit hole um, that deals the um, twisting alternating the of space and time um, and um, you know, where we are in, in this you know energy field um, you know, a lot of people are saying well they can't turn the CERN reactor back on that it, um, it all of a sudden started happening I don't know about that I've done a lot of research on that reactor again it's only what's publicized on the mainstream internet so I don't know how much I believe I was just say you're going to have to do a deep dive if you get into that. What's that? I say you're going to have to do a deep dive into a, a very bleak web uh, to get proper information on that. Yeah, you know, my, my big thing on that is, is from what I've read, a lot of the reactions, although they're volatile and, and incredibly high-powered, um, they're on a very small molecular scale. So I don't really know how much uh, that could alternate any time of timeline that we're on as, a, as a, an entire species. Right. Um, you know, any type of uh, incident that could happen there will happen on a small level that will probably be contained. But again, it's just based on what I've been told, so that could be wildly inaccurate. Right? Right. Um, but yeah, man, I've heard all kinds of stuff about the Mandela effect, the Bernstein bears, the Bernstein bears, um, all of that, fruit loops, uh, being F R O O T F R U I T, Looney Tunes, um, being T U N E S or T O O N S, and I, uh, you know, I mean, Pikachu having a black tail, uh, the Monopoly Man having a monocle or not. Now that one, like I say, I don't know if it's the Mandela effect. It's because like. I want to remember it that way, or if it legitimately happened that way. But I do remember oh, yeah. the Monopoly man you know, having the monocle. Yeah, I do. So, re- I do I, remember I the monocle. I think there's also some some psychological aspect to that that can just make this just one big hoax, if you will. Right. Um, because you know, as as humans, we are very. Um, Habitual, we are very gullible, and, and we're not at a very advanced stage in, in, in our brain's function. It was very easy for the human mind to be manipulated 
into thinking something should have or was something different. Um, and the power of persuasion is uh, could be set into play with this so-called Mandela effect, where you hear enough about it, you think enough about it, and it actually becomes your reality, even though it's really not even actual. Um, you know, I mean, even on a subliminal level where you're totally convinced that something was or is, and it really never was. Kind of like around Earth. Manage to psych yourself out on a mental level where you wholeheartedly, like, take it to the grave and pass a lie detector test. Feel like it actually happened when realistically it really never did. So it's hard not being, you know, anybody with a psychology degree. Uh, it's hard to um, really kind of understand if that's a legitimate problem or a legitimate event that's happening this effect. Or if it's something that we're led to say, hey, man, the so-and-so had a monocle. A monopoly man had a monocle. Don't you remember that? No, I don't. Yeah, you remember? Look at had a monocle. Doesn't it look right? The monocle, no. But then again, you also think of other things um, and specific things that um, can trigger that belief, right? So um, give you an example of the monopoly man, right? They show the monopoly man running with a monocle and without a monocle, right? Um, and the fact of the matter is, in the timeline we believe in, uh, the Monopoly Man does not have a monocle. If you believe right now, he does not have a monocle. But the Mandela effect, many people grew up thinking he did. But what cartoon type of figure that was popular in that time frame had a monocle? That's right. The uh, planners. Yeah. The planner guy. Yeah. So he's a, uh, a pencil drawn character, cartoonish, very similar in aspect to the Monopoly Man, very similar in time frame of the Monopoly Man, and he has a monocle. So could we really be thinking of the Pe- Mr. Peanut Man's monocle and going, well, oh, that wasn't a Peanut Man. That was, that was the Monopoly guy. Right. Um, so things like that cause me to believe that maybe that's not something that's actually happened. For sure. Right. Um, you know, uh, so I, I haven't really been able to get quite a grasp on my belief on that yet. However, I do feel it very interesting, but we don't know enough about, um, Space and time and the fabric of time and to really be able to have an honest answer as to if this is something that could actually be happening. You know, they they have so many theories of the infinite universe theory where um, the universe is so big and it's got universes inside of universes inside of universes and that um, everything that you have ever done or will do or could do in any type of variant, accent, color, mannerism has already happened and million times over. But I bring this, this up. This conversation we've had has happened a million times over in different languages, in different countries, in different worlds, everything. For sure. Um, and so maybe that is true and maybe the Bernstein and Bernstein and Bernstein and all these other things are just um, 
reactionary memories that we have uh, from different timelines that we are experiencing in, in the right now, but we just don't understand it yet. And I, and I brought that up to get to the point is of, for one, uh, the Mandela effect could have taken place. It could be, this could be deja vu. It could have taken place already. Uh, former humans, our, our ancestors and stuff, could have known about there is a flat Earth. The Mandela effect happens, and then people are like, "Oh, it's a sphere. There's a it's a sphere object." And then people are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be a sphere. No, the sun's the center, and all that stuff." And and like I say, that could have taken place, and now everybody's like, "Well, the Earth is round." There's round planets, and we're all going around the sun. So if you think about it, the age of discovery, as far as the land, has come and gone. Mm -hmm. For the most part, unless we go underwater, every bit of land has been discovered from what we From what we know. So there is no Magellan uh, traveling the sea exploring uncharted territory anymore. But the question remains for somebody who is trying to understand the power theory is, well, what if there was? And what if we're just surrounded in a massive area that we call Earth? Um, and there's plenty of land beyond that. Now, with the Antarctic Treaty we talked about, obviously we're not allowed to go further past Antarctica. At all. And so, with that being said, you have to try and rely on your own judgment to consider, well, if there is land past Antarctica, um, is the world's governments keeping us from exploring because they want to limit our freedoms? Um, because they don't want us to find other lands, other civilizations, other areas of life that... Um, that are on this that we live on because they know that they will lose all power. What if aliens or what we think, you know, are unidentified flying objects right. are just coming, are just civilizations on the same flat plane that we live on, right? That right. could be infinite, right? Uh, that are visiting our area and looking as a primitive, you know, species as very similar to if you would fly or playing to a remote island where indigenous, indigenous Indians have never developed um, right. and they live as they did hundreds of thousands of years ago, right? I'm right. sure you've heard the stories of these these islands where these these tribes that, that have not evolved and they still live in a very primitive way in the nude. They hunt. They don't have, they have their own communicated language, the, uh, right? And they don't know what humans are. I mean, you've heard of that, right? I mean, yeah, the, uh, the Sentinels, the I Sentinel mean, Islands. I mean, have planes flying close and they're shooting their arrows and both Well, that's the thing. Have you seen the materials that they recovered from these arrows? What's that? The materials that they recovered from the arrows that were shot at the planes and boats and stuff. So I, I don't know anything about that, but that's they're a made whole of, other stuff. They're, they're made of an alloy that is not necessarily, uh, it's on the uh, periodic table, but it's like, it's a combined alloy. It's weird. It's like, it's not a pure thing. That's nuts. Hear me out, though. But imagine, this is from imagine, a primitive people. Imagine us being so confined because the world's government that control us are not allowing us to explore 
lands outside that have other evolved species on the same plane, and they are what are visiting us because they're inside the firmament, they're inside the flat earth, they've always been here. Mm-hmm. And we are that indigenous species of people that are looking up at the sky going, oh my God, what is that? It's a UFO. Oh my God. Right? Right. And the government knows that if we travel further than the Antarctic Circle, right, or the ice wall, that we would eventually find that, and it would open us up to a whole nother life and world as we know it, right, and totally break down the reins of government because people would explore, people would expand, people would go that further, people would go away. If there's other lands out there that we don't know that do not same form of government that we do, that don't live on a monetary system, that live on an, in, in, in a, a utopia of, of advanced technology and advanced elevated chakra and, and spiritual um, level, right, that have elevated themselves, then what we live is nothing compared to how they live. For sure. And the thing that I think about is, is what would what would hurt the, the the money and the power that control this this land that we live on that we know more than that nothing nothing would hurt it more because it would it would collapse it would turn into anarchy and everybody would leave so that makes one wonder what is this this uh land that we live in is it a farm i mean what what is it exactly because at this stage like you said if this place collapsed there's this whole other civilization outside this um and no matter where you go apparently gold is a legit currency uh and there's this theory out there that they're they've taken all the gold from the majority of the countries that can give it and they've exported it out to outside of the uh the ice walls or you know if you if like you say if you believe that thing uh, they've exported out into the real world, into the more advanced civilization, to where it's actual currency. Well, well, what's to say that they use some type of monetary system? I mean, what's to say that you don't just have what you need? See, here's the thing: we think of a monetary system as a necessity because we've evolved as a species to have monetary objects, mm-hmm. right? Things that that we need or require, and in order to obtain them, we need to exchange some form of, of currency. But you know, you have to understand that it's a civilization that ha- live on an elevated spiritual scale. Um, they don't need monetary things. They don't need vehicles. They don't need clothing. They don't need weapons. They don't need toys. They don't need um, they don't need computers because it's not part of their life line. It's not part of what they need. So there's nothing to be bought because they have what they need for survival. They're, you know, you relate them, you know, you don't want to insult the intelligence of what they could be by saying, you know, look at animals. Mm. Animals live long, long, long life without money. They their food, they protect themselves, they keep themselves warm, they evolve, and they need no monetary compensation. So why does a, a human life form or any type of higher species with a higher intelligence need that? Um, 
it's it's realistically, um, you know, it just seems to me like we could just be at a part of our evolution where we're not smart enough to have a, a higher elevated spiritual mindset and be able to open up the capacity of our brain to be able to live freely without some type of well, I don't even know, man. I mean, but hell, but shit, Uganda's just got one goal. That, that's going to be them. that good for good and dangerous for them. That's going to be an issue. Well, dangerous for them because they've got a lot of battles ahead of them because there's going to be a lot of people. But good for them because they've been trying to prosper for so many years that they're going to make the right decisions with that. One billion and percent. And I think they're a highly intelligent nationality. Yeah. And I think that they're going to make sure that um, that they that they fucking rock it. Well, Black you, <laughs> but no. All right, he'll try Maybe. to tell you, but man, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. I seen that they said they're not exporting any of their gold. Like they're not, they're not selling off. Like to, they're not exporting any of their shit. They're gonna use it to build up their infrastructure and their uh, economy. And I, I agree with Billy percent. Yeah, that's what I said. I said great. And I would be interested to see what happens in that area. Yeah. In the next couple years, when it comes to UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon, when it comes to Things happening around that area um, that are maybe outer-worldly, well, I would keep an eye on that um, over the next couple of years and see what develops. Because if there is an intelligent species out there, yeah, um, they're going to have their eye on any civilization that we know of um, or species that we know of or nationality, especially with that much power and what they're going. to with it as far as research and and scientific exploration so keep an eye out for um you know if you research if you're looking um if you're part of, of groups that that share uh uap news um keep an eye out for an influx of things that are going to happen in the uganda area um over the next year yeah well, that's that my advice uh but as you were stating before, uh, the evolved civilizations and going beyond a monetary thing, I feel that they've also evolved beyond a, uh, a violence issue. I think it's more of a utopia, which we're still in our infancy stage in that as well, and our needs to protect ourselves. And uh, sometimes that goes awry as well and it is still a work in progress yeah absolutely i mean you know these you know they're if they're really real they've already evolved past the understanding that violence is not work um because it'll just be a revolving door of things that just happen over and over again Mm -hmm. um because the reality is when you elevate your that yourself to that much of a height and level um your, your civilization doesn't go anywhere. It's, in, it's infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even going into the fact that they might even have already evolved their uh, physical being to a silicone state instead of a carbon state like us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one one being could live thousands of years. Right. 
because their bodies do not decompose because they're not made of carbon. Right. And they don't react to oxygen. They don't need oxygen to breathe. Right. They don't need food to eat um, because their body is already uh, in a silicon state of, of, of growth. Um, so with that being said, uh, you know, you think to yourself, well, I mean, what, what is, what does violence matter? Right. Because it's not like you're going to get rid of anybody. No. Um, our government you know? seems to think so. They seem to think that they have the ultimate, uh, handbook to getting rid of violence, especially in America. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, we're still at, we're, we're still in a, in a very small infancy stage. So, um, unfortunately, we probably won't live to see that um, higher level of elevation right. where we turn into kind of what they might argue to be, which is really unfortunate. But um, I'm convinced it's, it's already starting. Yeah. So that's my take on it. So... What is your stance on? I've I've done in uh, my by the minutes uh, newsreels. I've I've done coverage, which there will be more of those dropping shortly to keep up with the influx of tragedies going on. But what is your stance on uh, the gun control? or the gun reform that they're trying to push. Now, I'm for reform on the laws and make it a little bit harder, but as far as take away guns, I don't understand that that stance. And I just... I'm, so, I mean, it's a touchy subject to a lot of people. For sure. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where um, the opinions of either side are incredibly valid um and i don't i don't know if you know one side or the other's opinion um is for a matter of fact um i think it's one of those things where you have to kind of lay it on the table and predict um as mathematically possible what um what direction you go will have um the most impact of, of success when it comes to, you know, helping good people survive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an avid supporter of the second amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a father and first and foremost, I never ever want to ever feel like I, um, my child is at risk because somebody got a hold of a weapon and could potentially kill them. But my concern is, is that the reform that they're, they're, they're trying to pass is not going to make much of a difference, if any, or none. It will make no difference for an individual with a mindset that's corrupted um, in making a, le- a lethal move. It's just not going to make a difference, which is really unfortunate. Um, you know, making it harder for you to obtain guns. Um, what is that going to do for somebody? Maybe you can kind of enlighten me. What is it going to do for somebody if you make it harder to obtain a weapon legally? 
what is it going to do for somebody that wants to buy a weapon or obtain a weapon to do harm? How would it make it easier? In the in the grand scheme of things, it's not, man. Like uh, the the black market's wide open, and there's really not an age limit. There's a price limit, and as long as you you make that price limit, um, I'm sure that there's an individual out there or multiple individuals out there that would sell to an infant. So, you know, you bring up a good point, and, and that's something that frustrates me to the core. Like, let's make the uh, legal age to obtain a long arm or a firearm 21. Um, because most of the kids that are people that are coming in these schools are under 21. So that's not going to do anything. No. Okay. Because, and then you argue, and, and I'll give you the argument. Well, the, the last couple people that, uh, that, uh, that went into schools and shot them up legally bought that gun because they were up. Um, okay. Well, if they had the kind of money it takes to purchase that gun legally, then they could probably come up with a little more money to buy it easily. Facts. So you're not going to slow down the timing of an individual that's under 21 that commits such a heinous act of violence. Um, they're just going to find other verticals. Yeah. You know, you see, you saw the TikTok I made that I talked about it, um, and I think I think this this analogy is more than accurate. But the lock on your door in the home that you're sitting in is only to keep the honest people out. Yeah. Yes, it makes it a little harder for somebody that wants to get in to get in. Right. Just like upping the age from 18 to 21 might, it make, might make it make a little harder for somebody to obtain a weapon. But bottom line, Frank, if I want to get into your house and hurt your family, I'm gonna do it, and you don't have a freaking choice. If you're ready, then you can defend. If not, I'm coming in. I mean, yeah. if I want to get in your car and I can't get in because the doors are locked, I'm jamming the lock or I'm breaking the window and I'm getting into your car. By any it's means, not a choice. You don't have a say so in it. No, it's gonna happen. When it comes to guns. It's if you're not going to let me buy this gun because I want to do harm because I'm 18, I'm going to get another one. Yeah. There are plenty in circulation. The average teenager knows more about the internet than anybody else in the world. 20s, 30s, 40s and up. They are born and raised. If you're 18 right now, you were born okay, right? In what? Uh, I should know this, right? Well, I'm, I'm tired. 2004? Yeah. Okay. You grew up with cell phones when you were born. Yeah. The internet age. was around. Yeah. Okay. For nine, ten years already. Right? You grew up on technology. You know how to get on the internet. I had a guy comment on said, well, uh, how's an age all going to have access to the black market. Who do you know that's got access to the black market? <laughs> I don't know anybody that has access to the black market that I know of. Right. But you could. I could. Your teacher could. Your wife could. The person you work with could. You really think they're going to tell you? Right. 
and it doesn't, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the. Uh, I could have access to the black market, and I could buy illegal guns if you want. Let me just fucking tell you, a brain surgeon. That's why it's right? It could be a lawyer. It could be a professional athlete. It could be. It could be the fucking pastor at your church. You don't know, right? So for for people to think that upping the age limit is going to stop this, it is not going to stop it. I can promise you right now. But here's what it's going to stop because we're running out of time here. It's going to stop the twenty year old that had kids early and has made the right decision and has a young family and a young wife and a two and a three year old little girl and boy at home. And it's going to stop them from getting that weapon to protect their house. And somebody is going to break in that house that obtained that weapon illegally. And they're going to kill them. And that guy's not going to have a weapon to protect his wife and his children. Okay? And that scares the shit out of me. I'm all for reform. As long as it is 100% geared towards making it harder for only people that do not want to do good with it. Well, that's if it makes it harder for them, but it makes it harder for law-abiding citizens, not going to work. No. It cancels it out. It's a double negative. It cancels it out. You think, so, you think they need to do a, a roundup? Then you think they need to do a full-on go military and overhaul of illegal purchases? No, but what I think needs to happen is there needs to be serial numbers printed on every gun part that you can buy, whether it's a ghost gun, whether you can buy it from an individual supplier and, and buy the barrel just by the stock, just by the fire. And they need to be registered. Mm-hmm. They need to be dated. They need to be serial numbered. Oh, well, David, but they can grind them down. I, I understand that. But it's not going to happen to every individual. So bottom line, if a million guns are sold, okay, all of them, all of the individual parts are registered mm-hmm. and serial, and a million criminals buy those guns, and a million of them commit a crime, okay, a million of them are not going to file off the serial numbers, and they're not going to file off 30 of them from every moving and non-moving part of that weapon before they commit the crime. So what is that going to do? That is going to allow, once and if the crime happens, law enforcement to find out where they bought it from, right? Mm-hmm. And how they obtained it. Right. And it's going to make sure... And here's the other problem, dude. People don't realize. These people that go in and shoot these fools, these people that go in and commit these mass murders, they have no intentions of living. At all. At all. Matter of fact, they had full intentions of not living a minute after their cut. So they will go through whatever means necessary, no matter what your laws are. Even if that means pushing it out a couple of years to save up more money, it's inevitable. Right. And that's just the society we live in and the undeveloped mind that we live in. Unfortunately, this will never stop. I don't care if you eliminate the sale of guns tomorrow eternity. There's enough weapons out there. You can buy weapons from the fucking Civil War. They are not going to go away. Okay? And some 
somebody that has plans on killing and not surviving it, don't care if there's a serial number. No. Don't care if you know where they bought it from. No. Don't care if you catch them. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to let you do it. Right. So you try to do all this stuff. And what is your primary focus? It's to stop these mass shootings. But the, the mass shootings, the problem with that is, is dude, like, they don't have an end game. Their end game is to end. So I think it's going to be difficult to even make an impact in that, no matter what your regulations are, even if you eliminate weapons all, all at all. It's still going to happen because they're going to find a way to do it. If you ever wanted something bad enough, you're going to get it. Whether it's a car, a job, a boat, a house, a woman, clothing, Something. you want it bad enough, you're going to get it, no matter what the obstacles, legal or illegal. Yeah, dude, but listen, just, just in closing, like, I mean, I hope I hope that, you know, and, and that people understand where I'm coming from in the sense that I'm a father first and my children are the most important. But the only thing that you can do, instead of trying to take away something from somebody that is just going to be hellbound by death and determined to get it anyways is to make sure that the right people have it too and more of them you have hundreds of thousands of retired veterans retired you froze up on me there i hear you i hear your message but it's just you're making up there we go there you are because i was gonna say you were just making the most awkward face and I didn't want the viewers to see that as <laughs> as that to be the last thing. As can I hold it? Can you hear? Me? I hold it. I I, I don't know. Can you hear? Me? I don't know. You can hear what I'm hanging up. Horrible. So you've got hundreds of thousands of servicemen and women that have served our country, that are veterans, that are military personnel, that are retired, that have openly expressed. I mean, I wouldn't say hundreds of thousands, but thousands that have expressed. Put me through some, you know, some some remedial training on firearm safety mm-hmm. and let me sit at a school two days a week and I'll volunteer my time protecting the school and I'll have a weapon on my hip in case anybody comes in. See, the thing is, is these kids that, that and these people that attack these schools, they do it knowing that there's no force to be reckoned with when they go through those gates. It's all innocent. I can't speak. So, I would have to do more research. I can't speak if there was anyone, if there was a, like a truancy officer or officer on duty at the uh, the Valde thing in Texas. Uh, I would have to look back over my notes, but I'm not a billion percent sure on that one. But even so, like this uh, this kid came in here. He had just off this uh, his grandparent. I don't know what their relationship was, but he just off his grandparent, and he rolls in here. And he came in there, like you said before, he came in there with a strong mission, a strong objective. There was nobody stopping him regardless. Like he, he had a he had a mission, he, he had an objective and he was gonna execute. And his whole objective in the end was not to walk away from there. Like he, he knew going into there, he was, he didn't plan to walk away. Look, I can tell you right now that if there was somebody there with a firearm pointing it at his face, his objective would have failed. Yeah, okay? one billion percent. If there was somebody there protecting them, mm-hmm. they would be alive right now. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is they're welcome. And I have friends that are retired, retired Marines, that have said, dude, I've got 
nothing better to do with my time. I have no problem going with these little kids and having fun with them. Wearing my Marine Corps hat and protecting them. Right. I'll do it as long or as little as you want. You don't have to pay me anything. Right. It's my duty. And they'll do it. Yeah. And they'll fucking do it. Yeah. So why why are we not talking about that? Why is that not an action that we're trying to put together on a governmental level to say, okay, all right, let's try to talk about gun control. Let's try to talk about reform. But in the meantime, while we're doing that, let's put a level of protection on. We have an army, an armed military to protect the sovereignty of our land. Why can we not have an armed person protecting the sovereignty of our children? And Why? That's that's the questions. Is these some this is simplicity in the answers that I believe is the reason why the questions aren't being asked because you have all these out of work vets, these vets that are down hard on their luck and all this other stuff and not that I'm bashing the government or anything, but uh speaking as one, like once you get out it's kinda like Figure out life, not like, hey, we have a plethora of programs and options for you to look into. It's like, okay, well, thank you for your service. There's a door. Move on. Move right. on. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Um, but more conversations like this need to be had. More awareness needs to be spread. For sure. um, focus on protecting and not preventing. Yeah, and I think... Some people hear me say that, well, you're fucking crazy. Of course you want to prevent it. We don't ever want this to even happen. We don't even want a threat to exist. Right. Tell me one time an extreme measure from the government has completely eradicated a major threat without military force. I'll leave with that. Tell me one time the government has made a change past the law or bill that has eliminated some type of threat without using military force, i.e. somebody is invading our country and we had to eliminate them in military force. Somebody is invading a school, we have to eliminate them using lethal force. Tell me one time it has worked where they haven't had to or haven't had to threaten lethal, lethal force, right? Like somebody's coming up to you Hey, stop or you're dead. Okay, I'll stop. That is still the threat of legal lethal force. Yeah, 100%. Tell me how the threat of lethal, how that is going to eliminate, tell me how gun reform is going to eliminate the problem by just saying, hey guys, don't do that. I'm going to make it hard on you. It's going to be super <laughs> difficult and you're not going to be able to kill anybody anymore because we made it harder for you. Yeah, we'll see. Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, there's a difference between if you don't do that, we're going to make it tough, and then going, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go over here now and get what you won't let me, and then I'll be right back. Right. Versus, don't fucking move, or you will be dead. You want to die anyways? Okay, boom. Yeah. That, that's, that's the world we live in. Change it. By all means, I wish I could wake up tomorrow and it's happy and positive and never wants to hurt anybody. It's just not going to happen. 
be the age from 18 to 21 is not going to happen, you're foolish. If you yeah. imaginarily think that you're going to wake up in some kind of fucking oasis where people go, life is good. Those kids that wanted to kill, they have to wait two more years, so they gave up on their dreams of killing. Are we going to raise the military uh, joining age from 17 with a waiver to 21 too as well? Yeah, right? That's a whole other story, man. You can vote at 18. You can buy tobacco at 18. You can enlist in the military and use lethal force and legally kill somebody at 18. But you can't buy something to protect your family or to use for survival. A lot going on, man. A lot going on. Yeah. And uh, but I appreciate you having me on, man. No problem. I appreciate you making the time, Dave. Of course. Let me know when you want to come back on next. Let me know what you want to talk about, man. I'm always open to be on. I appreciate you. Hey, it's always a refreshing uh, conversation. I love it. Later. Peace, my friend. You as well. Mm-hmm.